Hello, and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I'm excited about the direction we're going to go. We've been talking about the Hebrew root word Naba and all of the words related to it that are in your Bible concerning the word prophecy, prophesying, or to prophesy. And so we've been talking about this Hebrew root word Naba, and the definition for prophecy is basically to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. So we're just giving language to how the Holy Spirit communicates to us, and He typically communicates to us through our five senses. So we typically see or hear from the Lord. And uh, we've been talking about prophetic evangelism, how that the Holy Spirit can inspire you to know who to evangelize to, when to evangelize to someone, or maybe offer words of encouragement. Pastor Beverly last week talked about how evangelism is primarily outside the walls of the church, and prophetic encouragement is primarily for inside the walls of the church, although those can overlap. So today I thought I would have on the show someone that I've really gotten to know over the past year in my home church, Shannon Carter. And so welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. I'm a little nervous and excited. Well, don't be nervous. So Shannon is, just to give you some background, she's been raised in church her whole life, but she's fairly new to the prophetic and has really dug into the prophetic in the last year. And so I thought it would be excellent to have have the perspective of someone who's really learning to just step out in the prophetic. And I've been so uh, excited. She's excited me to see her passion for hearing from the Lord and beginning to step out in those things. And so I just thought having her on to share her experience and her perspective would uh, be so helpful to other people who may feel like, um, well, you know, I've I've never done this before, or uh, maybe they're nervous or or whatever. And so, Shannon, I thought you could just sort of uh, give us, first of all, a little background about yourself, and then we'll just kind of see what happens. Okay. Um, I'm very humbled, and um, I love to share my heart, and so sharing my heart comes easy for me. So, in saying that, as far as my background, most of my um, childhood, like middle school age, up until 2010, I was in a church that was the pastor coined. It was a non-denominational church, but spirit-filled. So, there was a lot of focus on the gifts of the Spirit. Um, I witnessed deliverance services, message messages given in tongues with interpretations, and the worship and praise was very extravagant. And I'm um, just, and it was real. And I watched my parents um, intercede for people. I grew up with intercessor. They were intercessors. They were prayer warriors. They prayed right. often. They would get in their closets, and um, I saw a lot of people get so wrapped up in that church. I love my church, but a lot of the people would come in, and I guess I was kind of always scared of the prophetic, maybe, in a way that because I saw people focus so much on the gifts (laughs) instead of on Jesus. And so, I just always felt like that was not my calling. And so, anyway, I came, I grew up in that church, and I loved it, and I learned a lot of things in that church. But in 2010, we moved to Flow Church. We moved in a different area in 2001, but we kept going back to church, which was over an hour away. And the Lord just provided the Flow Church to us and the knowledge of it, and we were able to go in our own community. So you had a very solid uh, background, you know, growing up in church, and you had even been exposed to what we call the fivefold ministry, and you had been exposed to, I guess, uh, I, I, when I hear non-denominational, I often think of the word, uh, it's become popular to say, Babdecostal. Yes, um, yes. Because so, there's a lot, there seems to be, as we go forward, a lot of blurring of denominational lines, which in, in some ways is a wonderful thing. So you grew up in church, but you always felt like the prophetic was sort of, I guess, on the fringe or maybe a little beyond your reach, or could you maybe express that a little bit? Yes, I just, there was always something that kept me 
away from, you know, I believed in the different things. I saw people healed and I know people, but I felt like it was a calling, specific callings to people. Okay. That God would lay that specific calling on your life, whether it be the to evangelize or to be a prophet. And just my definition of prophecy has changed tremendously just from what I've learned from from being in the fresh oil meetings and and listening to your podcast, it's really not what I defined it as growing up. Well, and I think we talked about this in our episode titled uh, Nabuwa, which is the the expanded definition of Naba, which Naba we said means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit, and Nabuwa would sort of en- encapsulate someone who stands in the office of a prophet. So I've tried to make a distinction biblically, that there are people who are called to be a prophet, and I sort of think of that as prophet, capital P, Yes, uh, just like you have prophets in your Bible, and they typically have a regional or national message uh, that that someone, I think of David Wilkerson or some, some people in those type positions that have a national voice or a regional voice. Uh, just like your prophets in the Bible carried a, a message for all of Israel or for the nations or the region. And uh, those typically uh, deal with pe- the pe- God's people turning back to him, turning away from sin. Uh, and they are connected to judgment. Now, sometimes we think of judgment as very negative. But judgment is, uh, to me, I see, um, you know, the, the picture that we have for our justice system, how she's blinded and she has two scales <laughs> that go yes. up and down. Judgment can be positive also, because if we're to be rewarded for righteousness and obedience, there needs to be a judgment in order to render a victory. And so judgment to me is two side, has a two sides to its coin, so it's good and bad, but Getting back to what we were talking about. So there can be people that sit in the office of a prophet, but Paul says that he wishes that we would all prophesy. I believe there's a gift of prophecy for all believers, and that just means that you are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so there is an avenue of prophecy for the entire body of Christ. Um, And really, like I said, it's giving language to to the Lord communicating with you supernaturally. In other words, you didn't get it in a book. No one told you. Only the Holy Spirit sometimes reveals to you what we are to do or how we understand Scripture or when we're to witness to someone. And so we have to learn to, to listen or to open our eyes and see what the Lord is saying to us and then to be obedient to that. So I think the problem sometimes, the breakdown in church, is that when we don't understand something, we push it away and we we don't engage with it. And so um, we have to make an effort to to be open to what the Holy Spirit is showing us or saying to us. And, And this podcast, you know, one of my missions is to make the prophetic is to demystify the prophetic and to make it practical and everyday and something that is so easy to understand and to, to, just to take that complexity out of it and make this really simple and straightforward. And I was in so much fear and it was almost, um, and it was out of an honor, a place of honor, but it was very, I was so scared to do it wrong that, and I didn't feel that God had given me that calling, so that was for someone else to do. And when I found out about Fresh Oil and what you just said and the practical prophetic ministry and through your podcast and through Miss Judy, your mom, that's how I found out about all of this is we were in a prayer group together at church. And so I've only been to a few meetings and I've listened to um, some of the podcasts, but the focus of the ministry the entire focus is Jesus. Right. But then you guys have been able to simplify the gifts so that I've learned how to apply them. And I mean, I'm just now learning. I'm still in the baby infant <laughs> steps of learning to how to apply them to everyday life. And it's just, it's balanced. But you guys and, and being under the fresh oil, the teachings and, and the podcast, you've provided tools to prepare me or and to prepare others for the impact of the kingdom which is ultimately the goal and right. um 
in right. the whole well, I mean, discipleship is sort of the key, and that's one one avenue of this podcast. Is hopefully that it, it can be discipleship, that it can be teaching to to help people understand and learn. You know, I'm looking at First Corinthians fourteen one, and uh, it says, "Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy." And so that means to just be to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we have the idea that prophesy means that you stand up in church and you say, yes, saith the Lord. Yes, that's exactly. A a future prediction. And that is valid. That is a definition of the prophetic, but that's only one definition. And hopefully as we go through all these Hebrew words, that would be the Nabuah. But Naba is a much more simple definition that just means to be inspired. So if I was to maybe see you in a store or whatever, and the Lord began to speak to my heart to just express His love to you, that uh, it can be prophetic for me to just go up to you and say, Hey, I just want you to know God loves you, and He just told me to tell you how much He loves you. That can be prophetic in and yes. of itself. And so we have to be available vessels. You know, God chooses to work through His people. But we have to be a willing, active uh, participant in order for him to use us. So let's jump back to uh, you. So you have a little bit of history and then you've recently within, I guess, the last year or so had exposure to the prophetic in this practical everyday kind of way. I thought we would get back to that and let you just sort of tell us, you know, what you're feeling, what you're thinking as you're going forward as sort of a newcomer to uh, to the prophetic ministry. That's prophetic evangelism is so new to me. And up until 2019, and I'm I'm in my late 40s. I have one more year to be in my 40s. So we're talking about <laughs> years that I did not um, know about these things, or or that I I kept myself away from it at a distance um, because to me, and maybe even our culture, is that that's the pastor's job. You know, or that's traveling evangelist job. You know, evangelism was what pastors did. And, you know, and you've read it so many times. You've read the um, scriptures, you know, about the Great Commission in Matthew um, 28 to go and make disciples of all nations and that you teach them to observe everything he commanded. And we read that, and I read that all those years. And um, even in Mark 16, 15, I love the Passion Translation. Yeah, so um, I'll read this to you. And just because I'm so passionate now, the passion is there that was lacking before. Um, and he said to them, this is Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. And before preachers preach, not Shannon, I, I don't preach, but I feel like our culture and even maybe the I've believed in the lies of Satan where he's turned the word preach into a, you know, it's a verb. It's not, and we've turned it into a noun, which is preacher. Right. So, but the definition of the word preach can mean to declare or herald. So, it's it's not a who, it's a do. And I've that. always... Say that again. It's not a who... And, it's a do, I love and that. I've always made it a who, and so it's really for anyone who believes in Jesus, and we all have our specific callings, our, our gifts, our talents that He has given us, but evangelism is for everyone, and yes. I just always made it so hard. Always. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So it, I, I hear you. In our culture, we're so busy. It's a definitely a different day, even than the era that you and I uh, grew up in as children. You know, it's very typical for, for everyone to be busy. Most uh, kids' activities now are scheduled, and they're usually scheduled at night to accommodate work schedules. And so it's just a different era. We don't, you know, when I was growing up, we had church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and you had a fellowship dinner before church. So it's just a different time. And so uh, we, we, we are called to take the gospel outside of the four walls of the church. I believe that every Christian should have their own personal 
uh, ministry, especially in the area of evangelism, or maybe it's to be an encourager. You know, some people have a ministry of they do acts of service for other people. Um, I had a wonderful neighbor one time, and they're a, a very nice Christian family. But uh, when we had our baby, you know, years ago, he came and just cut our grass and just so sweet and just said, you know, we was just praying about it, wanted to serve us. So we should all have some kind of something we're doing outside the walls of the church. Yes. And evangelism has to be a part of that. And if it's Holy Spirit-led evangelism, a.k.a. prophetic evangelism, yes. it's going to be that much more effective and efficient and powerful. And so we have to be led of the Holy Spirit to evangelize. And, and that's our most basic way. And then inside the church, to in- prophetically or Holy Spirit-inspired, encourage other people. I always say encouragement is a great, safe way to start. It's not yes. very scary. <laughs> it's not too intimidating. And and start small. Don't you know? I'm not asking you to go stand on the street corner with a bullhorn. <laughs> um, so we have. I don't even. I don't even know how effective that is. I think being led by the Holy Spirit is much more effective and efficient. Well, and, and our so, world has become so self-absorbed yes. that there's such little encouragement. You know, that's easy to do, but so few people do it anymore. Right. And and the world needs that. Right. So you've been coming to Fresh Oil and you have felt a little intimidated, I guess is the word I'm hearing, or a little anxious or yes. nervous about how to step out in these things and yes. how to begin to share the gospel or share encouragement with people. So let's kind of go back to those feelings and um, and and talk about how you overcome those. Well, I, I live like in Ephesians. It tells you in Ephesians, I think it's, here it is. Yes, I have it. Ephesians 4 and 14, they will no longer be little children tossed by the waves. Well, that's how I spent most of my adult walk with Jesus was being tossed by the waves. And um, I just allowed the busyness and the noise. You know, I've heard you say, you know, the noise of life just to distract you and you get so wrapped in it that I I would frequently put God on the back burner and He would not be my priority. And I just lived my life bound by feelings of inadequacy and never measuring up. I felt like no matter what I did, how hard I tried, I was never going to be enough. And the reason that I felt so unworthy of any type of blessings is I was walking my walk through a knowledge base. You know, I knew that I was to go to church. I knew that I was to read the Word. I knew that I was to pray. I was to praise and worship Him. And that sustained me for short bouts. But when the noise would come or I would be knocked down by the ways of life that that come, I would live off of others' knowledge. And what I mean by that is all those years growing up with my parents and and my my pastor now and my friends now that, you know, when you're beat down, you go to those people. Those are the people you go to. And I would use their knowledge to sustain me and not an intimate, passionate relationship with Jesus. I wasn't doing it through that relationship. It was my knowledge base. So I was in a lot of bondage. It makes me think of, I'll use this analogy, and this was not my own. I I can't remember where I heard this, but uh, when you become a Christian, to me, it's like uh, God, like, let's just take that as an analogy to you being a building. A building has to undergo, you know, planning and construction. And then when they finish the building and it's ready to, they have the ribbon cutting ceremony, you know, and then uh, that's sort of like salvation. You know, you get saved to have the ribbon cutting ceremony, but the building was actually designed for a purpose. It wasn't designed just to be an empty building and pretty to look at when you drive by. I love that analogy. Yes. It was designed for a purpose. Let's say maybe it's some kind of a, a, a office building. And it was designed to to do things in the business world, to trade or whatever, and to provide jobs for people and to be productive. And so once the building is built and they have the ribbon-cutting ceremony, that's actually day one of business. Mm-hmm. And then it begins to function 
in its purpose. And so when we become Christians, uh, we're not we're just we're not just a building. We're not just Christians. We actually have a purpose. That's and that's so good. day one, you know, and it takes time to equip the building and yes. to put all this stuff in. And to me, that's sort of like that discipleship phase of growing in Christ. And that may take a little time. And that's at your own pace. <laughs> some people are faster. Some people are slower. But but you begin to grow in the Lord. And then uh, then the building, in order to, to be able to continue to be the building it's supposed to be, it has to be productive. And so we have to go and make disciples. We have to go and evangelize and fulfill the Great Commission or the great purpose that the yes. building was intended to fulfill. And so we have to take the gospel out, not only outside of the church, but outside of ourselves. Yes, uh, Beverly yes. talked last week about she didn't want to pastor a group of, of consumers, but producers. Yes. To be productive, yes. be producers and not just consumers only. I know our old church had a slogan that said, inward, upward, outward. And I love, I love that, that because it really yes. sums up the life of a believer. And just like the analogy of that building, um, it was designed to actually uh trade and work and produce outside of itself. Yes. And that was hindsight is so is great. (laughs) But prior to, you know, to 2019, with living in that knowledge base, you know, it was such a struggle to keep everything balanced. And God puts within all of us this desire to have an intimate relationship with Him. And when that's missing, we place that emptiness or that void on those around us. And so, you know, my poor husband, I mean, he's so patient and he's so loving, but my family, you know, when I was living through that and walking through that and not having the intimate and knowing that I should and seeing others, I it was easy to become offended. And then I lived in shame. I felt rejected. Sometimes I, you know, how we all become, have this victim mentality. Well, they didn't speak to me and I'm tired of being the only one who speaks first. I mean, just all this ugliness. And I was a Christian. And so we just expected all those, or I expected others to fill the void. And, you know, and my passion is I see others walking the same way that I did. And it's like, oh, no, 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 there's something so much better. <laughs> and um, Well, you're describing so, the life of an overcomer. You know, we have to, the, the Lord has called us to uh, so much more. Yes. Sometimes then we tap into that. Yes. Salvation is just like the ribbon cutting ceremony. That's day one. Now let's get yes. to work. <laughs> yes. Let's build the floors. You know, and it, yeah. it's taken me a long time to get out of the basement. It just has. And, That's okay. Um, <laughs> yes. And I'm going from this point forward. I'm not going to beat myself up because God will restore right. what the enemy took. And even a lot of times I allowed it to happen through that busyness. You know, so a lot of times I don't see Satan around every corner. Some of that was through the choices of me not stewarding my time well and overextending my time with with being a working mother and then having her in all the different activities through life, right. you know, it well, just... Well, I think and, the biggest enemy to to believers, sometimes we want to blame everything on the devil, but sometimes it's just time. Yes, and, our choices. And and our, yes, our choices. I mean, it's, yes. and it's, I, I'm sort of doing my own personal study on the power of culture and just the power of culture um, and how that dictates our time and, and choices. <laughs> And you know me after this, you know, you you know me after this um, transformation, or I call it a deliverance. God brought me out of that. And for the people who knew me before, you know, I'm still me. I've always been a very emotional, heartfelt person. Um, Encouraging others is who I, that, that's easy for me. That's never been hard for me. I'm a cheerleader wannabe, I guess. I was in the <laughs> band growing up, but you know, I like to, I like to make other people feel good about themselves. Almost to a fault to where if they just really need for me to listen mm-hmm. <laughs> and not build them up, you know, but um, that's just one thing that I do. <laughs> but um, when I talked to those people, it came up like three or four times, different people I'd not seen in a while. And I am different, and I just, I no longer live in shame. 
I don't live in a state of offense of my feelings being hurt, wearing those feelings on my on my arm. And now I still have to come against that one a lot, you know. Right. But and, just overcoming you know, that, uh, yes. overcoming insecurities like that can be um, so. There can be so much freedom in, yes. in that of not being so concerned with with external things. Yes, and the three heaviest chains for me that that weighed me down the heaviest, and of course I have more than these three, but were shame, materialism, and mammon became a new word for me, but you know, so, and then fear, those were my three, and I never thought of fear being um, one of mine, but not stepping out into his call was because of fear. Not becoming who he had called me to be was because of fear, and so I really Which was that was actually a, a uh, that was counterproductive to the whole purpose that he died for you. He died yes. for you so that you could function in the purpose that he created you to function in, and to be a disciple, and to be someone who could be blessed in your life, and to be an overcomer. And every time I would put my foot into the water and wade out, you know, into the deep, calm sea he's calling you to to be used, I would listen to the enemy's voice in my head with those thoughts. And it was always my own voice. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so I came to, it was actually my first threshold meeting. And um, the numbers were low because, you know, the time we're living in and just different things. But, um, it was coming to a close, and and you looked at me, and you had a word for me, and um, part of that word was to rekindle God's ministry, to name it, and to pray on it. And so I had my testimony kind of written down before that, but not all of it. And now I just have a name for everything. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. yes, uh, I'm big on naming things. If God yes. uh, calls you to, let's just for, to give everyone an example of what we're talking about. Maybe you are a fantastic cook, and the Lord says that He can use you through taking people meals when they're sick yes. or, you know, whatever. Name your ministry. That's your personal ministry. Uh, we have a food ministry at our church, and um, they've named it Martha's Kitchen, based off of Martha in the Bible. And so, you know, whatever the name the Lord gives you. But So w- when you pray over that, you know, you're giving it a name, you're giving it uh, a voice and so that it can grow and become productive because that's value for the kingdom of God. That's something that's, yes. a, that's an act of service that God can use. And that's a good thing. Well, and labeling things how they should be labeled um, right. in my past. And I get very emotional because the labels I had prior to 2019, I knew I was his child. And I knew I loved Jesus, but I allowed the label of um, just no worth. All those labels that that the world throws at you because you're supposed to be perfect, you know, I fell into those and let that tear me down. And But now my labels are, I'm his child, I'm his heir still, but I am called for a purpose, and I'm called to live an abundant life, and I'm called to walk in freedom. And yes, my sin flesh, I still mess up, but you know what? I don't, I guess the best way to explain it is I felt like I went through a rebellious stage from age 20 to 22, and I beat myself up for years for that. And yes, I, I, you have to reap what you sow, but I always remained in that harvest. I always lived in the harvest of shame. And yes, you have to harvest and and. You're bound by your choices and decisions, but you go on from there. So when I do fall into my flesh, I don't beat myself up. I do repent and change, and God is taking me step by step, and it's a process, and our righteousness is of rags, but it's just not hard like it was before. Wow. And I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember the scripture. I believe it's in Proverbs, but it says that the Lord even comes to forgive us from the guilt of our yes. sin, that He can set you free even from guilt. You know, condemnation is when we hang on to guilt. Beverly and I talked about this, this last week, if you want to go back and listen. 
but uh, conviction is that which steers us to righteousness. Yes. Uh, and is, is a good thing in our life. Yes. Condemnation is when we take on that shame, and the Lord doesn't want us to do that. He wants us no. to be free from that. So it sounds to me like you uh, you were able to take the Lord, you know, no one else. The Lord took you on this journey of getting your freedom from guilt and condemnation and shame, and that now that was what was holding you back from really uh, stepping into your purpose that the Lord yes. has for you. And I definitely believe that one part of your purpose is prophetic evangelism. I know you're also an intercessor, and that's somewhere that the Lord yes. uses you. And I know that the Lord has, uh, you know, I believe in workplace ministry. That um, And I know there's rules in some workplaces, but you can still be a light in a dark place. God will find a way prophetically to use you to touch people uh, and so that you stay within the bounds of your rules and, and everything. And so I know the Lord has big, big things for you. And well, thank you so much. And should be holding you back. I mean, we're about to yes. get a preach going. <laughs> yes, and that's what I squirreled there a little bit. I do I do tend to squirrel and, and chase those just a little bit. But oh, that's a good getting one. Back, You're fine, yeah. But getting back to labels and, and naming things, I named my testimony Journey from the Grave because when I would talk to, um, it was about three or four loved ones that I talked to, and I was trying to explain what I'd been through. My mind just kept going to Lazarus. And when, you know, when Lazarus had died, Jesus went to his grave four days. And I want to read um, in John, I want to say it's 11, 43 and 44, just those two scriptures, of course, from the Passion Translation, because I'm so passionate about all of this. <laughs> but that. And so, and it says, then with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Then in front of everyone, Lazarus, who had died four days earlier, slowly hobbled out. He still had grave clothes tightly wrapped around his hands and his feet and covering his face. And Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him loose. And what sticks out in my mind, why this describes me so much, is Jesus didn't take the grave clothes off. He wasn't compelled to go and take those off of him. He could. Right. And he could have given Lazarus the ability to do it. I know that he was bound, but he's Jesus. You know, come on. He could have did it any way he wanted to. And But he told those people that loved Lazarus deeply and who was in love with Jesus deeply because they knew what he could do and brought him there. He told them to take the grave clothes off. And my transformation came and my deliverance came through a group of ladies. It was a very diverse group um, in ages and in races. And, or in race, I may have said that wrong. But anyway, um, they spoke so much of His Word into me and loved me just with a passionate Christian love because they knew how much God loved them. And through their passionate love for God, they poured into me. And it was a 12-week small group where these ladies are just pouring into me. And there was one day I was on my um, sofa, and I was doing my, my um, devotionals and these scriptures. And I read the scripture. It was Romans 8, 38, 39. And it finally, I got it out of my head. And I truly believed it in my heart, and I fell in love with my Savior. Yes. And just, I just never had, it was always, like I said, in my head. But in Romans 8, 38 and 39, so now I live with a confidence that there is nothing in the universe with a power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that His love will triumph over death, life's troubles, Fallen angels are dark rulers in heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Wow. What makes and, me think, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but by my spirit. And yes. upon this rock, I will build my church. The rock is revelation 
knowledge. Yes. That's so awesome. It reminds me also of Revelation 19.10. It says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's all about Jesus. This is just a new revelation of, of Jesus. And he's saying, you know, I love what Gina said when we had her on. What does love say? What yes. does Jesus say about this person? What does Jesus say? And so Jesus, when you read that scripture, I believe you just got a baptism of love. And he's like, look, my love for you is unbreakable. There's nothing that can separate you from, from the love I have for you. Even in my worst brokenness, anything, he searched for, you know, he searches for you and he calls out to you. You just have to seek him and he'll make, he makes himself known. And just, I tell people the year of 2019 up until now, God has just shown out in his faithfulness to me. And I think that I just like Lazarus there, I stunk so bad. I was looking at Jesus and I loved him and I would find victory, you know, and, and I would have just these moments of that could sustain me, but I was so hobbled. And it was taking me so long to get there because I was doing it by myself. I had my family and I had my church but I did not have my people. And now my people are you guys. You know, oh, that that so small group is over, but it is so important to surround yourself with people who speak the word into you. Right. That's you, you what know, that's where you, the chains fail. You know, you were like Lazarus, you had been resurrected, you had been born again. Yes. You still had some grave clothes on that had yes. Yes. Some some stinking thinking. Yes. Yes, and I would, you know, I would be like, and once the chains were gone and I didn't believe the lies anymore, I could see why I would lose my temper. So I love my family. I am one of those that I put my family first. But when you're living in your knowledge base, you have these expectations of these people and you don't really intentionally put them on them. But it was because of the void that I had with the intimate relationship with with my Jesus that I'm so in love with now. And so that's where my calling is. I want everybody to walk in freedom and to know how much he he loves you. And so, you know, it was easy for me to share that with people who knew the Lord. But where where did I start outside of the church, like you said. And that's when your ministry (laughs) and Fresh Oil came into play and the podcast and just how simple you made things just has, that is a new experience for me. It's new this month. (laughs) Well, that's where we want it. We've got about 10 more minutes and I want to wrap it up with you sharing this testimony you know, the Lord the Lord chooses to partner with us, but we have to partner with Him also. Yes. And um, so let, I, I want you to just kind of close this out with sharing uh, this example and this testimony. Like I said, I wanted to have someone on that was this was new to them. And to hear it firsthand, you know, your thought processes, what was going on, and, um, and sort of give that perspective. Because this is, you know— we all, you never stop learning. I am still no. learning about the prophetic, and I'm on a yes. journey. And I love to pay, take people with me along this journey. But, you know, I can teach someone something all day long, but it still has to be a revelation to them. The Holy Spirit has to still breathe His rhema life, His rhema breath onto what is being said. And I hope that um, I hope that will happen. And so I just wanted you to kind of just share, you know, I asked you to share this uh, testimony. You had shared at our group, and I, I just thought it would be just encouraging to other people and to hear it from this perspective, someone new to the prophetic. After coming to Fresh Oil and listening to the podcast about the prophetic evangelism, you guys have made reference to these tracks. Yes. And, you know, at first I was like, tracks? You know, I went back to the old days of the, <laughs> the cassette and I was like, it's oh my goodness. It's an old school concept, but it works. <laughs> yes. And um, th- you guys were explaining those and Miss Judy had made some herself and they were, it's just a small little brochure that you go out and you give these tracks to people and it just shares the love of God and, of course, the message of salvation. And so, anyway, I had listened to those, and um, 
I'd heard you guys talk about it. And I was like, hmm. And I, I became very curious. <laughs> well, one Tuesday before Fresh Oil, Miss Judy had asked me, well, do you want to go witness? I was like, hmm. witness? What is what? that? Yes, I was like, what do you mean by that? I thought my life was a witness. I really didn't say that, but I did ask her. I said, well, well, <laughs> well that's what, what I want to hear. I want to hear what's going inside your, going on inside your head. You know, I was like, okay, what are you asking me what I want to do? I said, what, what do you mean? And she said, well, sometimes before a fresh oil meeting, we'll go to Walmart and we'll witness to people. I love it. <laughs> and I was like, well, is this outside your comfort zone? <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. And I told her because I want to be authentic and, you know, I don't want to play games because I spent so much of my life trying to right. be what other people wanted me to be. So I was just honest with her. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm I'm very interested and I'm very curious and I know God is calling me for his purpose, but maybe this first time I'll go and I'll be praying for you as I watch you do it. <laughs> that's okay. That's a great place to start. And she, and that's exactly how she received me. She was like, you know, we'll go and wherever the Holy Spirit leads you, that is fine. And um, so anyway, I was not as nervous as I would have thought I would have been for one um I trust Judy that that trust and that bond has been established. And and so in trusting her, I knew that if I fell flat on my face, she would be there to pick me up. So, you know, I wasn't that that concerned about that, but it was really more putting myself out of the way and allowing the Holy Spirit. And I wanted it to be the Holy Spirit, not me. And so we go in and you know, she, she has her little shopping cart and we're going through and because, you know, most of the time when I go into Walmart, I don't want to be there. I can't say that many other people want to be there unless you're a kid and you know, you're going to get a toy because you're buying groceries and you're just in a hurry and it's six o'clock on a Tuesday evening. So, <laughs> you know, not everybody's in the best mood in Walmart. So, but she does not, there are just no boundaries with her. <laughs> and and she just has this heart for God that is so amazing to watch. And I don't even think she realizes it. I really don't. And so that's just a miracle in itself. But there were some people that were not as receptive. But even this one lady, she was a little bit cold. But, you know, Miss Judy, she didn't push it. But when we were walking back through, we saw her reading the brochure in line. Oh. And a lot of people, I think, always think you want something from them. Why are you giving me something right. and not want something in return? That is the world we live in. You know, it, they're really not. Salvation is the only free thing. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, we had gone through and we had been able to give the track out to some people and that they were just busy about their business and kind of brushed us off. And, and like I said, we didn't push it. And we are on the potato chip aisle, and there is this gentleman. He had to be a linebacker back in the day. He was probably <laughs> my guy. age. Yes, just just it was almost like a David and Goliath moment. There's petite Miss Judy right there, who is all of what a hundred pounds, <laughs> <Maybe>. and just. <laughs> And then there's this Goliath, and that's exact. you know, I'm just, and he, we have our mask on, and he's got these big eyes. His eyes were as big as, as his stature. And so she goes in, and she <laughs> asks him if he knows Jesus, and he shakes his head yes, and then this is her go-to, which I love. She just, you know, there's <laughs> no <in>. doubting. She <laughs> Yes. She said, well, I want to ask you another question. And he was very um, submissive to her, you know, just very open. And she said, if you were to die tonight on your way home, do you know that you would be with Jesus in heaven? I love it. So, so fun. <laughs> and his big eyes just were, and he shook his head and and really in humility, but she said, no, would would you like for us to pray so that you do know? And right there on the potato chip aisle of Walmart, <laughs> I witnessed this miracle, yeah. I mean, of this man and, and Miss Judy praying together and her leading him to the Lord. And it wasn't weird. <laughs> like, it, there was just no weirdness about it. And um, so, of course... 
the Holy Spirit is just giving you a boldness when you watch this transform before your eyes. And it was just so beautiful. And we're walking down the aisle and I'll see this lady and you could just tell the heaviness of the world is on her shoulders. Right. And so I asked her, um, I had a track in my hand and I gave her, I asked her, I said, can I give you this? And she looked at me and I said, I don't want anything in return. I'm always making excuses for myself and I always try to give people a way out. (laughs) That's just something I need to overcome. But I said, I don't want anything from you other than to tell you that Jesus loves you. And she looked at me and she said, oh, how I needed that today. Wow. Yeah, I find people are very receptive, actually. And especially when you feel led by the Holy Spirit to approach the right person at the right time. Yes. And so I said, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? And she said, I do. She said, I um it's been about five years now, and I asked Jesus into my heart that I was an addict, and I'm five years wow. clean. Wow. And she had lost her, her infant daughter. She was a year old, and she started, we talked about her daughter, and God just gave us that moment to share. You know, I just listened to her share about her life, and I asked her, I said, so you have a church? And she said, well, I'm not really in church, but I do have a pastor that was really instrumental when my daughter died. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm telling you this with all the love in my heart. And because I'm going to talk to you like I'm your mom and I hope you receive it, but you need your people around you for you to stay clean and be the person that God's called you to be. Wow. That's so powerful. And, and I said, if, if you don't feel comfortable in your church, of course, I gave her, you know, told her where we went to church, but that I loved her and I would pray for her. And she said, you just don't know how I needed wow. this. Can I hug you? Because, you know, of course, now we ask. We're in Alabama where we're all huggers, but now it's just so <laughs> strange because of the pandemic. And um, she hugged me, and it was just, that was a beautiful moment also. I didn't get to lead her to the Lord, because well, she, yeah, and I'm she so glad. Yes. So that's yes. prophetic uh, encouragement. She needed someone to, to tell her, hey, God's still pursuing you, and you need to reconnect with the people who had been instrumental in your life, her yes. people, to help her take those grave clothes off. And it it was just a beautiful night. It was so sweet. The, it wow. was just I mean, I can't believe I went into Walmart and saw something beautiful. But anyway, so we've got we've got about three minutes. Can can you kind of wrap up? So what's going on inside of your head? Um, so how did you know to approach this lady? I just saw the heaviness, and that's where I was wow. for so many years, and I don't want people to walk through that. So do you um, feel like the Holy Spirit uh, gave you eyes to see, or you just felt that, or um, you just identified with it? Or I just want to kind of help people who are new to understand, hey, the, that this is the Holy Spirit talking to you. You didn't make this up, you know, that this is uh, prophetic. You know, that the Holy Spirit is saying, this is the person I want you to reach out to. There was such a connection with her from the very beginning when she was receptive. God kind of put it all into motion, and I didn't really have to think about it. So, I think that if it would have been someone that Shannon felt that it needed to happen and not the Holy Spirit, that those were probably the people that just maybe needed the track and I needed to let them go and they weren't receptive. But God opened that door and he, you know, there was something that it was Kurt Landry said that they will not want to know what you know until they know that you care. Right. And when I listened about her daughter and listened to her, she be, and I loved on her and told her, you know, it was okay for her to talk about her daughter. So many people are so close to talking to others about their hurt that the Holy Spirit just opened that door. And, so powerful. Um, and then that way I knew that that was Him. And also, too, you guys have said, even if it's not and you mess up, you're right. still, your heart's in the right place. You're still wanting people to know Jesus, and He'll He'll pick you up. And, and, right. And I love Marsha on the program had her silver bullet, and it was, uh, God knows what you know, and yes. He knows what they need to know, 
that you yes. know. So God, yes. you know, He'll lead you to the right person to give them uh, just just what you know, and that's that's exactly what they need. So she just needed the love of God in that moment, and she needed yes. someone to remind her, "Hey, He loves you. He's pursuing you. Stick with this." Yes, yes, and um. It's just been beautiful, and if you really get in the Word and you're speaking His Word, and it's Him and not your words, you can't go wrong. Right, right. That's so, this know? has been so wonderful. I think you, um, you know, you can help a lot of people with your experience. A lot of people who have maybe been a little shy to step out and to be used of God. You know, you probably had a hundred encounters before that. Of times you could have, yes, <laughs> and yes. so uh, just being able to follow through, and now that you, it's like riding a bike. Now that you have that confidence to balance on the bicycle, you know, riding a bike becomes easy and second nature. And the more you practice, yes. the better you get. And so, yes. uh, anything you want to leave with us before we go? Well, I ordered some tracks, and I've got my own tracks Yay. now, and so <laughs> they just came in, and, and I just, my heart is for other people to surround them themselves with people who speak life, and yes. for you to be one of those people that speak life into others. You're either speaking life or death, and to speak life over yourself and your family and those people around you, and search Him, and He just, I want people to know the passionate love of God, and, and that he would do it for them if they were the only person here. That really That's became right. true for me. That's so. right. And, hey, um, you know, hopefully you can help train up someone else to begin to step out, and this thing will grow exponentially. I believe that's called the Great Commission. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shannon. This has so, been you're so, so welcome. fantastic. I'm excited. Let's plan to have you back after you get some more of these encounters under your okay. belt and share about okay. that. Um, and sort of we can follow you on your journey over the next year. Okay, I look forward to it. Amazingly, use you. You have such a sweet spirit. I just have oh. enjoyed getting to know you. And well, thank you. So excited it's to, to walk you. this out with you. Yes, yes. Thank you. So, thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so next time I post, you will be informed. Thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E at aim, A-I-M dot com. Bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.